0: What's up, y'all, and welcome to Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Ground. We're proud to welcome Dr. Rosa Perez-Isaiah as our guest today for this episode. Dr. Rosa-Isaiah has served students in her community for 27 years. She currently serves as the Director of Elementary Education Equity and Access in Norwalk, La Meridia Unified School District. We kicked off our conversation by talking about what it is that leaders need to lead with equity in mind. Let's get started. School.
1: And so there, there is much to learn. And sometimes uh, as a district administrator, I can say we're so focused, of course, on supporting teachers because they are, they are the most important person, the person in front of the student every day, mm-hmm. that we, we forget that leaders need leading leading as well. Mm. And that we ourselves need to grow as leaders in our capacity um, to support this work. So the lesson learned
0: uh, during that time was wow, we
1: have a lot of work to do. And then you add um, the murder of George Floyd and uh, the civil rights uh, movement, new movement. Uh, along with the pandemic and, and those issues of inequity, it it really um, was a wake-up call for a lot of people. Uh, but along with that is, is okay, equity is actionable. Equity is a verb. So how do I make that happen in my school as a district leader, as a principal, as a teacher leader in my classroom? So we've acknowledged, and I talk about these four points, I talk about these lessons, uh, acknowledging, declaring, disrupting, investing, transforming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we have acknowledged that they're legit <laughs> is a problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, have, we have even in some cases declared our solidarity mm-hmm. and, and said, you know, not only will I be an ally as I learn but I will be a co-conspirator and I will do this work. Um, So how are we disrupting what we're doing? Are, Are we happy to come back to more of the same? Or
0: are we preparing for a fall that looks different than
1: it has in the past? And how are we investing in that? What types of human and fiscal resources are we investing in really making equity actionable at a local level, uh, which of course will lead to transformation. So I feel like we're in the disrupting space. Um, many of us are in that, that space, but it, it is where the rubber meets the road. It is where we say, Yes, we're investing in social workers. Yes, we're investing in counselors. Um, yes, we will provide access to Wi-Fi devices, um, enrichment uh, programs, uh, physical education opportunity. All of those pieces as a district, as a principal, what are we investing in to create something different and better? than we had in the past because we know that did not work.
0: Absolutely. I think you um, you highlight several important pieces, but there were a couple of items uh, you mentioned that really stood out to me. First and foremost, the acknowledgement that we know what we did in the past has not worked and uh, I think we would do ourselves a real disservice uh, to make any attempt to return to old normal in my latest blog post i wrote a letter to america's educators and i pleaded with them to not go back to normal um and i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that folks will execute the courage needed to do things differently um and and to not miss the moment and seize the opportunity we have before us but there was something more you said when you talked about um, how the pandemic kind of gave folks a an inside look into the lives of students, into their homes, and perhaps unlike being in perhaps a, a, a workshop where uh, you do some poverty simulation, folks actually saw what it looked like and what it sounds like. And I think that probably was very powerful, but you mentioned that leaders in particular need support in how to move forward in addressing inequity, um, whether they be um, at the principal level or even at a, at a district level. So I guess my question to you is, where do you begin with leaders? How do you how do you start to, to do that work with them? Um, sense of urgency, we needed to
1: bring people along in that process and so we have invested in professional development for our leaders for ourselves for district leaders and for site leaders because more than ever a lesson learned from this pandemic is leadership matters Mm. and if we look at state federal leadership and some of the mistakes that were made and some of the success uh, that occurred. Um, gosh, more than ever, <laughs> it matters. I, I wrote a piece on crisis leadership, and um, and the, my ten lessons learned. And number one and number ten were people first, mm. and and this focus on relationships, um, but really a deep focus on on self. And so, um, building this self awareness about where I stand in my beliefs about anti racism and equity and justice for students. What are my beliefs and biases in this work? Um, we partnered with UCLA Center X. Um, I provided some supports, of course, but it's it's sometimes it's hard to be. A profit in your own land. Um, so we partnered with with an amazing team from UCLA Center X on on equity and social justice and what what that means as a leader. But part of that work is is the self awareness piece. And so um, we looked at our biases, what they were. We talked about implicit explicit bias. We talked about mirror checks and how. Our beliefs absolutely show up in our schools and in our classrooms. Um, So really just taking into account what our contributions are on a personal level to this work. And if we truly believe that all kids, number one, deserve to learn, and number two, deserve to learn at high levels. And um, so that's the work we did with leaders but also while, while we're doing that, we have been focused on um, social-emotional learning as a leverage for equity and developed a three-year plan on what this would look like. And so during this pandemic year, although we were working via Zoom, we were able to, to create some professional Development opportunities for our teachers around those pieces. And it, it began with the conversations about self, where do you fit in in all of this? And, and how do your beliefs and actions impact the learning of our students and our ability to create equitable um, environments for all learners? Um, because oftentimes what we do is we immediately turn our attention to the student and and what is wrong with them and what uh, what are the issues that need to be fixed and what is family not doing what is family doing too much of or not enough and it, it really has to be personal it, you really have to look in the mirror and, and begin with self and begin with your beliefs which clearly impact behavior, and they are the hardest things to change, is the adult beliefs and behaviors. So we're, we're in the process of this journey of creating a culture and climate that, that says, we know inequity exists, this is how we feel, and this is what we're prepared to do next. Awesome. Um, but that, that work with leaders Is really the ongoing work, but that very uh, initial step that we needed to take.
0: Awesome, awesome. I couldn't agree more, you know, especially with uh, the last point you made about how the work is ongoing. You know, there's no finish line, right? Uh, You know, the work must continue. Um, And certainly, I I believe um, our children in this country are, are long overdue for us to to get it right for them. Being able to make real change. Um, And so I wanna ask you when you, you know, we've taken a look back at what the significant lessons were. We've taken a look forward and you've talked to us about sort of what leaders need to be focused on moving forward in terms of equity. So what gives you hope for the future when it comes to public education and the work that we know is ongoing with addressing equity?
1: You know, I have to be totally honest. And for for a moment there, um, over uh, the last um, couple years, more than anything, is is the political rhetoric and 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 I guess just the pandemic. I, I had to step away, cut down on my social media um, intake, and and I questioned my hope, hmm. my ability to sustain, to have the stamina to, to continue to, to advocate and push because everything around us just seemed like, my goodness, with George Floyd and, and um, all that happened, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, but the response that was so blatant, unapologetic, Mm-hmm. Um, push that you know your lives don't matter um, this is not a problem uh, rights for women rights for children of color like I, I felt that and I caught myself and I thought you know like hell no mm-hmm. <laughs> we we can't we cannot lose hope We have to stay informed more than ever. With with now you're seeing this panic push and misinformation campaign Mm -hmm. about critical race theory and clumping uh well misinformation Mm -hmm. black lives matter is critical race theory social emotional learning is critical race theory Equity is critical race theory and having to defend just basic facts Mm -hmm. is is infuriating Mm -hmm. so despite all of that I I see so many people who are dedicated and who are true um, co-conspirators in this work and I've seen uh, the light bulbs all around me including in my own district and that truly truly gives me hope because there is no other option I I have to have hope that's right if if we if we lose hope and and think hey somebody else is gonna deal with it Um, no, it's not good enough. Uh, we've seen that happen throughout history. Um, and and I think that's maybe part of the reason why we ended up where we ended up, um, uh, now uh, with this pushback and, and misinformation uh, out there. But knowing that people are doing this work, it, it, it just feels good. And it, when you see that um, trickling down to the most important stakeholders here, which is the student. It, it just is heartwarming and it's motivating and encouraging and I, I want everyone to remember that and and don't lose hope. We, mm-hmm. we can't afford that. Our mm-hmm. students need us more than ever.
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more and you know, Rosa, for me, I find inspiration in leaning back into those who came before me. And the persistence at which they stayed the course and endured the journey so that we could be here where we are, in spite of it not being as far along as we needed to be. And so. And people, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go Go ahead.
1: People literally have lost their lives given their lives for this work. That's right um, but The least that we can do is continue to push and advocate and and move beyond courageous conversations that they're critical conversations. Mm. Um, it I know it is hard. I, I say we acknowledge that it's hard to move on. recognize the elephant in the room. Um, you know, give them some peanuts and, and then move on and and, and just do it. Some, some Sometimes people ask, well, how do I do it? You just do. How do I say for every student for across every, the entire nation? Yes. Across the world, of course, but now yes. let's start with, with the nation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for every student, every single one. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not say thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Um And uh, I always like to ask guests before they leave, uh, what are you reading right now that's giving you inspiration, informing your practice that you would recommend to to other leaders out there?
1: Uh, Gosh, I I just co-authored Beyond Conversations About Race. And there are some incredible people. Now, if, you know, for those folks out there who've co-authored, you know, it is like, everyone contributes, you end up with this amazing masterpiece, but I didn't get to read everybody's um, contributions. So that that is just, um, it's on my nightstand and I'm going and reading and rereading um, because the contributions in there by Dr. Anthony Muhammad, um, Dr. Yvette Jackson, um, uh, Ken Williams, Cheryl P. Holly, Hawley, Doug Rees. I, I mean, just incredible minds. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, I'm going to recommend that for everyone um, out there. Um, there's never a ton, enough time to be able to read all, all that we'd like to read. But if I can get a week soon enough, um, I would just like to... Uh, sit in a room with all of the books that I have on my nightstand and, and spend some time. But definitely beyond conversations about race, because that is what we want to do. We want to get beyond those conversations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to, to read it. I too have a a stack on my nightstand. Um, and it, it typically um, ranges about six books high. So I guess I'll add a seventh yeah. one. I'm happy to do that. And you know, when I listen to your title, Beyond Conversa- Conversations About Race, I can hear your passion for making equity an action word. And if we're truly grateful and truly thankful for those who persisted in the face of adversity, before us the best way for us to demonstrate that is to show up and do the work i can't thank you enough for being on the show um i'm so incredibly grateful um to have you and um I feel certain our listeners have learned something that they can take away and put into practice in their own leadership, no matter what field they're in, public education or anything else. Until next time, folks, be you, be true, be a hope builder. This is Leadership with Latoya for Leaders on the Grow.